Hi, and thanks for joining us on the Crossroads Generation Go podcast. We hope and pray and believe that this message is going to encourage and challenge you. If you'd like to find out more about us, you can go to www.crossroadslismore.com. How, um, how forgiving are you? I said to my wife today, this morning, she's not well, and I said, I've got a joke I wouldn't mind telling the church. And she says, don't you dare. <laughs> don't you dare. That's why I'm asking, how forgiving are you? Are you easily offended? Do you want to hear my joke? <laughs> okay. Person went to a, their doctor the other day and they said, um, Doctor, how long do you think COVID will be around for? And the doctor responded, I don't know, I'm not a politician. <laughs> Only joking. It's just that funny, I feel I had to say it. I just wasn't sure. People are going to be a little bit sensitive about all that. <laughs> but I'm only joking. <laughs> I, um, I got a testimony, okay, I got a testimony. Um, the other day I had a game of tennis with um, Isaac Burns. Does anyone know Isaac? I'm going to name him, name and shame. He's about 25. So I um, had this game of singles and I was feeling pretty confident, right? thought, this is awesome. I'm going um, to whip his butt. So anyway, we get in there and we're playing. First set, I went down 6-4 and it's terrible, absolutely terrible. It's sort of like... Old dog versus young pup, you know, this sort of scenario. Well, let me just say the old dog won, right? <laughs> I got up two sets to one, and I don't know how. I don't know how I did it. I can only say Isaac is terrible, right? <laughs> but don't tell him that. I don't but just to keep me humble, <laughs> just to keep me humble, I, um, I had a game with, um, with Tim Bennett. Well, let me say, he whipped me. Whipped me big time. It brought me back down to earth. But anyway, I said to him, we're going to keep playing until I win. And then that's it. No more. But anyway, the testimony is that um, God still does miracles, right? You can still beat these young 25-year-olds in a game of tennis. You still run around. It's a miracle. But God is good. God is good. Right, so what I want to preach on, or actually I'm not going to preach, but I want to share initially just a verse that um, has always been really close to me and I've always enjoyed it. I've preached probably a couple of times from it over the years and, and um, I just want to share this with you. As I say, I'm not going to really preach, but I'm going to share with you what I feel the Holy Spirit has put on my heart for us as a church and then also for us as individuals. So if you want to turn your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 29... Verse 18. That's the one. So I'm going to read initially from the King James Version. I think sometimes we're sort of more, more familiar with it in this verse. And it says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. So where there is no vision... The people perish. 
The King James Version says, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. But happy is he who keeps the law. And then the English Standard Version says, where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. Another version says, without prophetic vision, people run wild. But blessed are those who follow God's teachings. Good News Translation says, a nation without God's guidance is a nation without order. And then the message says, if people can't see what God is doing, they will stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. The thing is about he that keepeth the law, it's not about keeping an Old Testament practices, right? It's about following his guidance, following his teaching. So the Hebrew word for vision actually refers to like having a dream. So, you know, God puts a dream within people's hearts. This is the God-given dream that I have. Or it speaks of revelation or oracle. Its root word means to gaze at, to perceive, to contemplate, to have a vision of, to behold, look, prophecy or see. What we get from vision or revelation then is divine instruction, guidance, teaching, strategies, a blueprint or a plan. So then the context of this can be you as an individual, it can be your family, it can be the church, it can be the city, it can be the nation. So without that prophetic vision for anyone, any one of those things above, we end up doing our own thing. We end up just doing whatever we think is right in our own eyes. It can be good. It can be good. But it doesn't necessarily mean it's God. And so really initially our vision is this. Our vision, vision is Him. The idea of vision, of beholding, seeing, contemplating, I'm contemplating him. My eyes are fixed on him. I want to behold him. He's my vision. Out of that vision, I grab a hold of his heart. I grab a hold of his heart for my life, for my family. In that is a plan, is a strategy, is a blueprint. In that is guidance, teaching, instruction and wisdom. And it says, blessed or happy are those ones. You know, you can be just without a vision from God and you can be a Christian, you can be just doing life but just feel that sense of dissatisfaction. I'm feeling, in a sense, not content. Life's good, but it just feels like something's missing because there's not that purpose that comes from God. And so we just do our own thing. We cast off restraint. We're just living life. We're going through life without any real purpose. I don't know. And it's not about having this elaborate vision. As I say before, it could be just for you as an individual. It could be for your family. What's the vision? What's the dream you have for your family? But 
What's this revelation that God is giving you for your family? Let's just go back to the message again. The message version. It says, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. We can have a vision. But unless we respond to the vision, unless we attend to it, unless we obey it, the vision, in a sense, just sits on a shelf. We can have that vision, but unless we pray into it, it just sits on the shelf. So there's people here today, you have a dream or a revelation of what God is wanting for your life, or for your family, even for this city, and it just hasn't happened yet. For whatever reason, it just hasn't happened. It's out of that place that often we fall into places of despair. We often think, well, Lord, I must have got it wrong. And it just comes back to that proverb of like every vision fails. Every dream, it never happens. Nothing happens. And so we just go back to doing our own thing. We go back to just doing whatever it is we just feel we need to do and we don't have any sense of direction from God. We go to church, we get involved with church, we love our families, we get involved with our families, but there's just something missing and we're almost like we're afraid to, to dream again. Almost afraid to go, Lord, I want that vision. I want that revelation that comes from your heart about what you want to do in my life and in this city and this nation. Well, it's almost like we're afraid to do it because it just hasn't happened. Every vision fails. Ezekiel chapter 12. No revelation comes to pass. But I feel strong in my heart today to say this, that the vision is still alive. The vision for this house is still alive. The call over your life is still alive. That call, that vision for our city, for your family, as individuals, for this church, it's still alive. God has not shelved it. God has not done away with it. And he's saying to us, it's still alive. It's like game on, folks. Game on. So in saying all that, I just want to share with you what I feel um, the Lord has just put on my heart. And as I said, it's not going to be um, so much preaching or teaching at all. It's, I'm just going to share it in a way, in more like a prophetic sense, if I could say that. A little bit different to what I'd normally do, but I just feel like I need to do that. But I want us just to be, um, and I know you don't know what I'm going to say, but I'll just be open to that. I just want you to be open and receptive. Just be able to receive what, you, what Holy Spirit wants you to receive. Okay? So I felt the Lord say that he wants to bring impartation. There's anointing for release. 
for fresh anointing. Lord would say memorial stones have been established. Markers and defining moments from previous seasons have become a foundation for this church. Memorial stones speak of a DNA and give testimony of what God has done, established and declared over this present church. Markers act as destination points and speak of what has been achieved but point towards where you are going. A foundation has been laid and, a, and the calling is still alive. Some things are not written but engraved in your hearts. Vision has been deposited into your hearts that some of you have said that the vision fails, but deferral or delay doesn't mean fail. The vision, though it tarries, is still alive. I say to you today, you have a hope and a future. Your battle scars, not your wounds, testify of my healing in your life. Don't let shame cover your scars, but let them speak of my goodness in your life. I speak to you again as I, as I have done to a previous generation. I'll add to you those that are wounded, cast down, cast out, discouraged, dis discontent and fearful. But let me heal your wounds. Let me restore to you hope so that you can strengthen, build up and nurture these ones that are coming. But you have said in your heart, I'm tired and the vision seems to come seems not to come, nothing comes and I can't do it because of this and because of that has happened to me. But I come to restore vision to your heart, I come to bring refreshing to this house, to revive, to restore and invigorate, says the Lord. This place has its own uniqueness for it is a garden among many gardens with its own unique wells. See to it that you tend to it well for it is not for you alone to feed and drink from, but I will send many young and old who have been decimated in their own personal lives to drink from your wells and to taste and see that I am good, says the Lord. I am giving you a voice and your own distinctive sound. It's a sound that rallies and cries restore. It's a voice that calms the storm that's raging in the hearts and minds of those I'm giving you. Be confident in your sound and your uniqueness. I'm calling you to be a voice for the marginalised and those misunderstood. The sound coming from this place, coming from within, will bring calm to those who are restless, anxious from the struggles in their own personal lives. This place, your life, will be a place of refuge and safety as people journey through life. I've put within you the ability to build, to strengthen and release. Your own lives will testify of my strength, says the Lord. Some of you have questioned yourselves as to what you've achieved. Your life's journey has presented hardships, heartaches and disappointments. But your testimony speaks of more than just success, but of strength, longevity, patience, perseverance and obedience, says the Lord. You've learned how to dig wells and drink from those wells in dry times. You've learned how to plough up hard, fallow ground. So in times of drought, you've been trained for war and fought many battles. Your eyes have longed to see the fulfilment of every prophecy and your hearts have ached in waiting. 
but the call is still alive. This is what the Lord says. I call you trees of righteousness, my flame trees that give sight to the weary. See yourselves not as shrubs in the desert, but a flame tree for those who walk in darkness. Fruit bearers that give joy to the anxious, hope to the despondent and peace for those living in fear. The vision is still alive. The atmosphere is changing and the air is clearer. There's a fresh anointing upon the house. I've given a sense of purpose for your lives, new meaning, a renewing of your strength. And I hear the Lord say this, stay in your anointing, stay in your place, wear your own armour, use the gifts I've given you. I've equipped and skilled each of you uniquely. How I've trained you in the secret place is how you'll slay your giants. Stay in that place. Don't covet another one's armour or calling. Then you'll not be out of order and you'll see the path to victory more clearly. Many times in many seasons the enemy has come against you. You've felt battered by the storms. You've carried wounds. Your heart has ached for release and for breakthrough. You've wept for many and grieved if you've seen the enemy deceive and take many out. The Lord says, I'm coming to bring release and bring change to this house. There's a fresh anointing of my spirit that's coming upon you, a new mantle as it were, a new song, shouts of victory and not lament. I'm calling forth fresh and new visions, new hopes, new wineskins. I'm calling you to redig old wells. I'm calling you to rise up and go forth. It's time to walk in my counsel, walk in my wisdom, walk in my ways. It's time to build and rebuild. I'm calling you to revisit old places, places you said you'd never go back to, places in your heart and mind, relationships, disappointments and hurts, such things that have plundered and taken territory in your life. But I've anointed you for restoration, for rebuilding and for healing, says the Lord, and the calling is still alive. The vision is still alive. So rise up and declare my word, Declare my wisdom, declare my counsel, and declare my ways into dead places, even those places in your own heart, says the Lord. One generation completes its own work, but leaves a legacy for the next. I'll expand your vision. I'm giving you revelation of what you desire for now is not just for now, but for others who will follow. And I just want to add to that, the Lord just led me to 2 Samuel chapter 7. And um, this is about King David. And David had done so much for the Lord. And here in this chapter, he just, um, I don't know when the lights come on for him, but he just noticed that here is God's presence, the Ark of the Covenant that's housed in a tent. And for him, this is not satisfactory. And he says, and he cries out in his heart, I want to build God a temple. I want to house the presence of God in the temple. And initially the prophet Nathan says, good idea, go and do everything that you intend to do. And then later the word of the Lord comes to Nathan and he comes back to David and he says, you will not build that temple. You will not build it, it will be for another generation. And the Lord says, who built my temple? Was it David. No, it was the next generation. 
David purposed in his heart to honour me with a temple. He had the blueprint. He built a kingdom that provided the financial and human resources, but his son accomplished the task. David carried the vision, but it tarried for another generation. My servant David never failed, says the Lord. And I believe the Lord would encourage us by saying, Fear not, do not be anxious, don't feel as though you've missed that which God has purposed for your life. For I've called you also to be ones to prepare the work for another generation, even to raise up and prepare a generation to carry on the vision. And again I hear these words, the vision is still alive, the call is still alive, that which is given to a previous generation is still alive. And I believe God wants us to pick up the mantle that's before us, carry it and walk in it. It's a new mantle, says the Lord, although it was with a previous generation. So rise up and walk. Rise up for it's time to build. Rise up and restore. Rise up for the vision is still alive, says the Lord. Amen. So look, you don't have to, but I'll just, maybe I'll just encourage everybody just to stand. You can stay where you are. It doesn't matter, but I just, I just feel as in a sense of just being able to receive what God has for our lives individually. I just want to pray. Just pray this prayer that I just felt like the Lord put on my heart. So it's up to you. Sit or stand. It doesn't matter. But I'll just say this. Let's just be open and receive. Father, I pray release this house right now for service. Father, we thank you for new mantles, fresh anointing. Father, we, we receive it right now. Holy Spirit, I ask that our hearts will be awakened to your calling for our lives, that we would know that we are called of God. Holy Spirit, stir our hearts for fresh surrender. Open the eyes of our hearts to see another generation. Give us greater vision and the ability to pass on the mantle to another generation. Father, I thank you now for a fresh infilling of your anointing. I thank you for healing our hearts from the past and celebrate the strength you have deposited in each of us. And help us, Holy Spirit, to attend to what you reveal to each of us in the days of head. Help us to be obedient. Spirit of God, sweep over our souls. Lord, I thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you that this house, Lord, is a house that will pick up the mantle, that will carry the vision, that will just, Lord, embrace the dream. Lord, that prophetic revelation that you have, Lord, for our lives individually, for this church, for this city, and for this nation. Lord, I thank you for a fresh anointing, and Lord, I declare today that the vision is alive. The calling is still alive over our lives today in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, thank you, church. Thank you. Someone once said the best is yet to come, right? The best is yet to come. So God bless you.
and thank you. And uh, maybe you can hang around, have a cuppa, have a bit of fellowship with one another, enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you.